Hey, uh, we, started, we started last week uh, in a brand new series, and I'm just really excited about, uh, excited about the series, excited about the summer, all that's going on here at C12. Man, a lot, of, a lot of fresh faces, a lot of new people that are coming back from school. If you go to school out of state, will you just raise your hand and you're here for the summer? That's amazing. Come on, man. It's so good to see y'all. So glad that you're here joining us. We expect you to transfer to somewhere here so that you can attend in the fall as well. I see you, okay. Uh, no, but just a lot, of, a lot of new people around, a lot of fresh faces, and it just brings a lot of energy, man. I'm so just grateful to be a part of this, grateful to meet a lot of new people. And uh, so if you're new with us, man, so glad that you're here. Hope that you find it to be an encouraging place, a community you can be a part of. And for the veterans, just always good to see you guys, man. Y'all just encourage me every week. If you're a veteran, make some noise. Come on, that's good. Hey, we started, um, started this new series last week. Uh, called Table Talks, and we're kind of gathering around the idea, the conversation of calling, and, uh, you know, it just seems like it gets real confusing, a little blurry in, uh, I think, your life. It seems like in young adults' life, I know it was in my life, uh, the idea of what has God called me to? What's my calling? I mean, we talk in church all the time. God has a specific plan, a specific purpose for your life. He wants to do something extraordinary, but if you, have you ever felt like, yeah, great, but I don't know what that is. I don't know what he's called me to, and maybe right now I'm pursuing a degree or something. I don't even know that it's what I want to do. I don't know if it's what God wants me to do. You get even more confused when you get in the spiritual realm of going, is this what God wants me to do? I mean, I think it's what I want to do, but how do I know it's what God wants me to do, right? So it gets real confusing, uh, but it doesn't have to be. And I think we actually bring a lot of added pressure and a lot of added anxiety around this idea, and it doesn't have to be there. And so uh, what I want to do just for the next few weeks is hopefully, hopefully maybe help you release some of that pressure, at least from a spiritual stance of knowing that uh, it doesn't have to be there. And so that's what we're kind of gathering around for the next few weeks. So um, we, we're, the reason why we're talking about this is because it's becoming increasingly difficult in our society to know what is God calling me to. And one of the reasons why is uh, you have so many options, right? Like a few decades ago, what you did with your life was determined by what your dad did, right? Or what your mom did. That I, just, I just did whatever they did. Well, now we live in a society, you have so many options. And because you have so many options to choose from, you get this thing, it's actually a real thing called option anxiety. Like if, if you would just tell me that I only have two options, it's not that hard, I'll just pick one and go with it, right? But when you tell me I have 200 now, like, am I picking the right one, right? That gets a little bit confusing. And so uh, you just get this deep-seated uncertainty about the direction of your life or about the possibility of discovering, uh, is this what God wants me to do? I just don't want to. I mean, it's crazy. The idea of I just don't want to miss what God has for me can actually bring you an added anxiety that God didn't want you to have. And so uh, that's kind of the reason why we're talking about this. And so this whole series is an invitation, just in case you missed it last week, is an invitation to believe that God has been orchestrating and organizing your life for a specific, unique purpose. A unique purpose. You remember last week we talked about how there is a unique calling and a universal calling. And as believers, all of us follow a universal calling. All of us, it's just a universal calling to love God, love people, serve God, serve the church, fulfill the great commandment, fulfill the great commission. It's a universal calling on our life. And if you have trouble finding the unique calling, 
the specific, the individual calling for your life, well, then the best thing that you can do is go after the universal. And when you go after the universal, God will deliver or reveal the unique. And so uh, if, if you get real confused, that's a, a tip for you, I guess. It's, this whole series is an invitation to believe that not only that, but God has given us clues. God has given us clues to what the unique calling is on your life. He's given you clues to what that is. And so he, he doesn't leave it empty. It's not like a board game or some kind of puzzle that he's trying to get you to figure out and he's wondering if you're going to do it or not. No, he's actually given you clues to that. You just have to open your eyes and look at it. And so uh, through this series, we're talking about what those different clues are. And so uh, you remember last week we talked about how uh, your calling is tied to your, do you remember what it was? Calling is tied to your history. Your calling is tied to your history. So look back on your life. We said, look at, look at your family, look at your background, look at major events that have taken place in your life. Your calling is tied to those. It doesn't mean it's uh, always directly pulled from it, but it's one of the clues that God uses. And so we've been studying uh, the life of Moses. We've been studying the life of Moses. And so that's what we're going to look at tonight as well, uh, the life of Moses. But we're going to get into... We're going to get into tonight how your calling is tied to your personality. Your calling is tied to your personality. Somebody say personality. Calling is tied to your personality. Anybody just love your personality? Anybody love your neighbor's personality? You love your neighbor's personality. You're digging it. We're nice people here. But here's the thing. Man, my prayer, what I, what I really hope that you get out of this is that you know that there is a God behind the scenes of your life who knew the temperament and the personality that you would need to do exactly what he wants you to do. He knew the temperament and the personality that you would need to do exactly what he wants you to do. He knew the personality you would need to fulfill your calling. And he has uniquely designed you to fulfill it. And so um, I'm going to get into this a little bit. I want to give you a little example that I brought up here. I'm going to try not to knock your guitar over. <laughs> He's not laughing at all. Um, <laughs> this, is a, uh, this is a golf ball. Anybody play golf? Anybody enjoy golf? Anybody like to play but you hate it at the same time? This is not going to work. This is a golf ball, the, the, the white one, just in case you didn't know. And uh, any Tiger Woods fans? Too soon. Should we not talk about Tiger? Too soon. Too soon. Don't drink and drive, people. It'll get you in trouble. Uh, this is a golf ball. And if you know anything about golf, uh, the golf ball is designed in a really unique way to fulfill its unique purpose. <laughs> I just gave away my whole reason for doing this example. Uh, it's designed for a unique purpose. And if you've ever played before, you know it has this texture on it, and it has what they call dimples on the golf ball. And the reason it has that is because as the golf ball travels through the air, the dimples catch the air at the right whatever, velocity or whatever, and it allows, <laughs> it allows the golf ball to travel and to turn. And so if you're like me, you hit a lot of, a lot of slices, you know, and so it goes that way. But each, this is what's crazy. This is a Bridgestone. But each golf ball is designed differently, even by the brand. And so if you're real good, you hit a 
you hit a Titleist Pro V1 if you're real good because the dimples are even, they're shaved even closer so that it catches the air even at a different way. This is a Bridgestone, which means I'm not very good. I got it out of my car. And the reason why I play with a Bridgestone is because the dimples are designed in such a unique way that you can't be, like, it, the ball doesn't go too terrible. Uh, it still goes terrible, but not too terrible. But because of that, it doesn't go as far either. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Griffin, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. So that's, that's how a golf ball is uniquely designed. This right here is a basketball. Anybody a little more familiar with basketball? You're a little more familiar with basketball? Go Warriors? Go LeBron. Okay, we'll just cheer for LeBron. Um, this is a basketball, and whoever is making basketballs behind the scene, probably not a person, it's probably a computer in all reality, but uh, they make it in a unique way. Each one has its own size. Uh, each basketball has these little lines in it, kind of indentions in it, all the same number of indentions, all made for a unique purpose to play the game of basketball. Now, if we were to switch these up and you were to try and play golf with a basketball, how would that go? Not too good. If you were to try and play basketball with a golf ball, <laughs> that'd be a little bit crazy, wouldn't it? That'd be a little wild. But isn't that interesting that each one of these was created uniquely for a unique purpose? And similarly, you were created uniquely for a unique purpose. God has designed you uniquely for a unique purpose. And when you try and mix up how God has designed you and how he wants you to live out your calling, things get a little mixed up. So that's why it's important that you look into how has God designed me? What are the clues that I can look at to figure out uh, his purpose for my life? So, if you have your Bibles, I want to read to you a scripture. Uh, don't turn there, actually. It's not our main scripture, uh, but get it ready because I'm going to lead you to our main scripture in just a second. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 through 5 says this. says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. That's what God says about you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. This is true of you. That he handcrafted you and set you apart to fulfill your calling. You need to know that tonight. Everyone in the room, you need to know that. That you have been designed to fulfill a calling. Your personality has been per perfectly crafted to fulfill your purpose on this earth. God knew what he wanted to do with you, and he's crafted you to do it. And if you are going to discover your calling sooner or later, you're going to have to ask yourself, why did God make me like this? Why did God craft me and uniquely design me the way that he did? Why? So let's look into the life of Moses. I want to read a little bit more. We started off uh, reading last week the beginning of his story in Exodus uh, chapter 2. And so that's the main passage we're going to read tonight. You can turn to Exodus chapter 2, uh, verse 11 is where we're going to be. The very beginning of the Bible is the second book of the Bible. And um, last week we read Moses was born a slave. He was condemned to die in Egypt. Uh, but instead he grew up 
as royalty in Egypt because of a crazy turn of events that you should read on your own. But in verse, uh, verse 11, it says this. It says, One day, after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were, and he watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Glancing this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid, them, hid him in the sand. The next day, he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. And he asked, he asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? And the man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Basically, Moses got caught. And then Moses was afraid and he thought, what I did must have become known. And that's kind of the next big event that happened in Moses' life. But as I read this, there's a couple of things that stick out to me that give us some insight into Moses' personality that I think will be the same clues that I'd like for us to look into and like for you to kind of investigate about your own life. Here's the first one. Not just anyone would have gone out to see the people. You think about Moses. This isn't like Moses steps out of his door to see the people. This is Moses is living in a palace, bunch of riches, nice things. He, you know, he's a ruler of Egypt. Things are going well. And he steps out to see the people, like a hike to see the people. And think about that. Not just anybody would do that. Some people are more homebodies than others. Let's be honest. Anybody, okay, let's do this. If you have a day off, you got nothing going on, you're free to do anything you want. How many of you would rather sit at home and just watch Netflix and chill? Well, I'm sorry. You would just, those are two different things. Those are two different things. <laughs> we'll cut that from the podcast. You heard me? How many of you would rather sit at home and chill and maybe watch some Netflix while you're just chilling? How many of you are like, it's my day off. I'm going to go on a hike and hang out with some friends and play some basketball and go do some activities, right? So some people, some people are designed a little bit differently. I threw you guys off with that one. Some people are designed a little bit differently. You'd rather just stay at home. I think, I, I don't know what I am. It depends, I guess, on my mood. But uh, some people are designed a little bit differently. This was not Moses. Moses wasn't a homebody. Something about Moses said, I'm going to get out and go see the people. Not everyone would have done that. Here's the second thing I noticed. Not just anyone would have seen the need for someone to do something. So these two guys are fighting. One of them is being mistreated. And Moses says there's a need for somebody to do something. Some people are just uh, more observant than others. Can we just say it that way? Some people are just more observant than others, right? I, I, that's me. I'm not saying, like, you're more gifted if that's you. I'm just saying uh, that you're just more observant. That's me. When me and my wife, we go out to eat, uh, I just have a really hard time. I'm a people watcher. And so I'm just observing things. And I've learned to disguise it a little bit so I can be staring at her. Meanwhile, I'm also listening to the people's conversation next to me. I can tell you that they're on a first date and things are going kind of bad for them. The guy likes her more than she likes him. And then every now and then she catches me, my wife, and she's like, what are you thinking right now? I'm like, I'll tell you later. You have no idea what's going on right here. Uh, I'm just observant, right? That's just me. Some people are more observant than others. Moses was wired that way. He was observant. He noticed that this man was being treated wrongly. But not only that, 
Not just anyone would have done something about it right away. Some people are wired to think a little bit more. Some people would have seen that and go, okay, I got to come up with a solution. Or maybe I should go get some help. Or maybe I should go tell somebody, and then we can gather like a whole gang together, and then we can uh, tackle this as a team. You know, like some people would have put together a plan. For Moses, he saw it and went, I'm going to go solve that right now. That was how Moses was wired. And the last thing, not just anyone would have gone out the next day after he killed that person. I'm not real sure that was a personality trait, or maybe just he was an idiot. Uh, but not just anyone would have done that. Moses... I mean, he murdered this guy, and then the next day he goes out, and he gets caught, and someone points him out. But something about Moses' personality, he wasn't afraid. He went out. See, Moses was uniquely wired this way, and those clues about Moses' personality give us insight into what he would eventually become, and that's the deliverer of all of Israel, the way he was wired, his personality. Similarly, God has uniquely wired you. You just have to learn to look at it, and you have to have the eyes to see how he's wired you. Something about Moses made him go out to his own people, see them in need, decide that something needed to be done, do it, and then show up again the next day. That was a large part due to his personality. So I want to give you... um, some personality types, we'll have some fun tonight, and let you just kind of investigate what your personality is. I know some of you are a lot smarter than me, and you've probably taken a lot of tests about this kind of stuff, Uh, but if you haven't, let me just give you a little insight into it, and uh, we'll have a little fun. You good? You're going to learn something about your neighbor tonight. (laughs) So, four questions that I would ask myself if I was looking into how am I wired, how has God uniquely designed me? First is this, the obvious one, extrovert, introvert, right? You guys are familiar with this. This is kind of the most popular, talked about personality type. How many of you already know you're an extrovert? How many of you are introverts? Where are my introverts at? You're scared to raise your hand. You don't want people to see you. No, not really. I'll just kind of give a brief description. Extrovert, uh, mainly they're, they're described as they gain energy from other people. Extroverts actually find their energy is sapped when they spend too much time alone. They recharge by being social. This makes no sense to me, but God bless you, extroverts. Uh, Introverts tend to recharge by spending time alone, right? They lose energy from being around people for long periods of time, particularly large crowds. So after a long day when you've been at work, around people, answering them, dang customer service calls, you want to go home and just not talk to anybody, right? That's a little bit of an introvert's wiring. So you know who you are. That's kind of an obvious one. You know extrovert, introvert. How many of you know what your neighbor is? Well, we just had them raise your hand, so I guess it's one. (laughs) Next one is this. Sensing or intuitive? Sensing or intuitive. Now, let me describe this to you just in case you're not familiar. Sensing is people who are in tune to details. Usually sensing people focus on the present. They are here and now. Uh, They're factual and they process information through the five senses. They see things as they are. They're concrete thinkers. Intuitive. Uh, 
they're not thinking about what is, they're thinking about what can be. Intuitive people focus on the future and the possibilities. They're dreamers, right? They process information through patterns and impressions. They read between the lines. They're abstract thinkers. How many of you are sensing? You think you're sensing. How many of you are intuitive? A lot of intuitive people in here. All right. Good, good, good. All right, next, next, next. Thinking or feeling? Thinkers. Thinking. Thinkers decide based primarily on logic. And when they do so, they consider a decision to be made. They tend to see the world in black and white, and they dislike fuzziness. Uh, at work, they are task-oriented. They seek to create clear value. Interacting with them tends to be brief and business-like. I love these people. Just get to the point, right? Just get to the point. They may be seen as cold and heartless by the feelers. <laughs> if you're a thinker and you date a feeler, whoo, that's fun. It's fun. I'll just say that. Feeling. Feelers decide based primarily through social considerations, listening to their heart and considering the feelings of others. They see life as human existence and material things as being subservient to this. That's a huge word. They value harmony and use tact in their interactions with others. Am I impressing you guys? I didn't come up with this stuff. At work, they are sociable and people-oriented, and they make many decisions based on values. They may be seen as unreliable and emotional by the thinkers. You know who the feelers are. Just emotional. Last one, last one, judging or perceiving. Judging, judges approach life in a structured way, creating plans and organizing their world to achieve their goals and desired results in a predictable way. Perceiving, perceptive, perceivers uh, perceive structure as being more limiting than enabling. They prefer to keep their choices open so they can cope with the many problems that they know life will put in their way. <laughs> Here's the deal. Here's what you need to know. The more you understand your personality, the more you understand your purpose. There are clues in your personality to point you to your calling. Personality isn't everything, but it's a clue. It's not an answer, but it's a clue. So it may be helpful just to look into it for you. So I want to give you some truths about personality. It's kind of the, the main meat of uh, what we're going to talk about, and then we'll worship together at the end. Um, but I want to give you kind of some main truths about personality that you need to be aware of going forward. First one is this. Receive your personality as a gift from God. Receive it as a gift from God. Psalm chapter 139, verse 13 through 16 says this. It says, For you created me, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Receive your personality as a gift from God. He has uniquely designed you for a unique purpose. Only when you embrace God's unique design of you 
will you understand his unique calling on your life. Only when you embrace his unique design of you will you understand his unique calling on your life. Listen, this doesn't mean that, that you understand everything about his unique design of you. It just means you embrace his unique design of you. So many people are wishing that they were someone else or trying to be like someone else. And when you do that, I said it this way, and I think it's important. You, you're trying to be like somebody else, and every time you do that, you're throwing away the uniqueness by which God created you to fulfill his unique purpose through you. Every time you try and be like someone else or become like someone else, you're throwing away the uniqueness by which God created you. So embrace who God has made you to be. Embrace who you are. Don't try and become like somebody else or be like someone else. Or if I, that person's extrovert, if only I was an extrovert, I would be more like them. And then I could have more friends and I would be more friendly to everybody. No, God has created you for a unique purpose in a unique way. So embrace who God has designed you to be. I remember when I felt like uh, God was calling me into ministry, um, you know, back in 2011, I guess, and before that, uh, I remember I struggled with the calling because every, like, I felt like, you know, I was going to go into youth ministry, high school, middle school ministry, and I struggled with it because every youth pastor I knew was like this crazy dude, this crazy extroverted nutcase, you know, and like, I didn't feel like that was me. I just wasn't wired that way. I wasn't the guy that was going to get on stage and, like, do a dance and, and, and put slime on my head and, like, eat crazy foods and all this kind of stuff. It just, I didn't feel like that was me. Some of you know, uh, in the residency, I worked with Danny Mejia and Matt Wunderlich, and these guys were nuts. And I came into the residency, and I was like, that's not me. And even then, I struggled with, like, I don't, is this right? Like, is, am I fulfilling the calling? Like, is this the right calling on my life? Because I don't feel like my personality fits that. And it wasn't until I embraced who God has called me to be and how he's wired me through my personality and other things that I was able to move forward confidently knowing he's called me to this. You got to embrace who he's called you to be. Number two. Not only do you receive your personality as a gift from God, but you need to know that your personality is different from your character. Your personality is different from your character. So I'm, a, uh, I'm, kind of, I'm an introvert, right? And so even tonight, uh, you know, t Thursdays are long days for me. And so I was up at 5.30 this morning with my son. And, uh, yeah, thanks, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I was up at 5.30 this morning, and then I'm going to be here late tonight, and then you guys are going to want to go to Taco Mac, and that, you know, that takes forever, and so we'll be there till like, midnight, but, man, I get to the end of tonight, and I'm just drained, you know, and I, and I just feel like, man, I just need to get by myself and recharge my batteries, but here, let me tell you this. That doesn't give me an excuse to just be a jerk to everybody. You don't get to use your personality as an excuse to hide from your character. You can't use your personality to hide from your character. You have to know the difference between personality and character. If you're, listen, if your personality prevents you from living like Jesus and loving like Jesus, 
then it's not your personality, it's your character. I can't stand when people are like, uh, well, you know, that's just me. That's just who I am, and people are going to have to deal with it. I was um, watching one time one of these stupid reality TV shows. I think it was like uh, Hip Hop Atlanta or something like that. <laughs> Is that an actual show? Is that a real thing? One of those dumb shows, and um, I was watching it, and one of these ladies on it uh, just started going off, and she was like, you know what, me, uh, I'm just sassy, that's who I am, and I don't have a filter, I just say things like it is, and if you don't want to hear it, then sorry. I'm like, oh, okay, so you're just a crappy human being, basically. <laughs> like, you're just a terrible person, and we all have to just deal with it? Is that what you're saying? We just have to deal with the fact that you're a terrible human being? And even worse, you're going to deal with the fact that you're a terrible human being? So, okay, I guess, sure. No, that's not your personality. That's a character flaw. And so you don't get to just hide behind a character flaw and call it your personality. This is wild to me. I, like, if I knew, if, if you're saying that the words that are coming out of your mouth are hurting people and your words are, are negatively impacting people, and you're just going to say, well, that's just my personality, and that's who I am, and sorry. That's not a personality. That's a flaw in your character. Do you understand the difference? So you can't hide behind a character flaw and call it your personality. I was talking to this dude one time, and I, uh, I was like, he was just kind of coming off. and said, bro, you're kind of a jerk. And he said, yeah, well, I'm from New York. It's like, what? <laughs> Since when is like where you're from give you an excuse to be a jerk? Right? Like somehow we're just okay. Well, oh, yeah. Well, like what was I supposed to do? Oh, okay, cool. Cool, man. I gave you a pass on that one then. You're from New York. No. You don't get to hide behind a flawed character and call it your personality. You got to know the difference between it. So don't be that guy. Thirdly, <laughs> last thing. Band, uh, Lauren, you can go ahead and come back up. Last thing is this. Your personality is a launching pad, not a cage. This is huge. Your personality is a launching pad, not a cage. It was meant to launch you forward, not hold you back. And the reason why this is so important is God would not create you in such a way that would prevent you from accomplishing what he wants you to accomplish. And so many people look at their personality in a negative way as in, well, because of this, I can't accomplish this. And these are my, limita my limitations. But that's not, the purpose of your personality is so that it would be a launching pad into how you can thrive in life and where God wants to use you the most. And if you can find out how you're wired and your personality, if you can look into that kind of stuff, and then you can best kind of position yourself in a life and it can be a launching pad into how God wants to use you. It's not meant to be a cage that, that restricts you. Your personality is meant to give you a better vision of your purpose, not a more narrow vision. And some people are living defeated by their personality instead of inspired by it. Don't be defeated by it. Be inspired by it. And that's determined by how you look at it. Are you looking at it as if, Here's my limitations because of my personality. Or, okay, here is how God has wired me. This is the launching pad from where I go. This is how he has uniquely gifted and wired me. 
It is your launching pad. People say, well, I'm not a very, uh, not a very outgoing person. So I just, I can't, I can't really share my faith. Really? So because of your personality or your wiring, your entire life of evangelism is now like held back? And you're going to call it because of your personality? I would just beg with you, man, God, is, God wants to do so much more with you. And he didn't wire you in such a way to keep you from experiencing living a life that would evangelize to people. And so maybe, maybe you're not the extroverted, outgoing, wild, crazy person that can just walk up to someone on the street and start telling them their testimony. That's okay. Figure out a way that you can. Write a note. I don't know. Learn sign language. Send text messages. Write emails. Figure out a way that you can share your story and what God has done in your life with other people. Because you can't use your personality as an excuse for God is, can't do this with me. Or it's my limitation. It's what God can't do with me. Some people say, I'm, I'm too shy. I can't be on the first time guest team. I can't be on the frontline team. Okay, well, if that's not your wiring, then figure out what your wiring is. Make cookies in the kitchen for the people that come the first time. I know it's funny, but it's actually true. Find a way where your wiring fits where God can use you. But don't let it be your cage. Let it be your launching pad into how he wants to use you. But it's all in how you look at it. It's all in how you look at it. God didn't desire to restrict you with your personality. He wants to use you through it. So be guided by your personality, not restricted. The best, uh, I talk to people all the time uh, thankful for these conversations. People that come in and say, man, I want to help out with C12. I want, I want to uh, volunteer or serve. And, and I say, great. And the best people and the best conversations, I'll say, are the ones where I say, cool, where do you want to help? And they say, um, well, I think my personality probably fits best with, you know, the welcoming team. I just love people. I'm wired. I just love smiling at people and welcoming people. I'd love to stand up. That's kind of my personality, but I'll be used wherever. Wherever you need help, wherever, that's, that's where I'll go. And I say, bingo. Your personality is helpful and it's good to know, but don't let it be your cage. Don't let it decide how and when and where God can use you. Because sometimes he wants to get you outside your comfort zone a little bit and use you outside of your personality. And so many young people, I think, are constricted by how uh, they are and who they are, and I'm an introvert or I'm an extrovert, therefore I can't do this. Man, who are we to tell God how he could use me? Who am I to, to say, God, this is the only way that you can use me? I would rather come to God with open hands and say, God, I think this is how you've wired me, but I'm open to anything. And if you prompt me, I'm not really comfortable with it, but I'll walk up to someone and tell them my story. I'm a little bit of a reserved guy. You may not think that because I'm up here every Thursday, uh, but I, I just, I'm a little bit more reserved and quiet and in public. I'm not really this loud, whatever guy. Um, but man, over time I've learned that if I just use that as an excuse, when I'm in public, I can miss the open doors that God is trying to open for me to 
love people, to care about people, to tell them that they matter, to just be a friendly smile to somebody. And I don't want to hide behind a personality and prevent God from doing what he wants to do through me. And so I've had to learn, Austin, sometimes you got to get outside a little bit. I know you'd rather just go to the grocery store and not talk to anybody and just go do your thing and get home. That's kind of how, how, what I want to do. But there are times where i got to open my eyes and say, God, maybe you want to use me outside of my comfort zone and outside of how I think I've been wired. And so knowing your personality is so helpful to discovering your calling. But don't let it be a cage on your life. You following me? Don't let it be a cage and don't, and don't make that an excuse for what he could do in you and through you. And so I'll close with these two thoughts. Man, I hope, hope tonight for some of you, you've never looked into how God's wired you. You've never looked into how he's uniquely designed you. You've never thought about, huh, I wonder if I'm sensing or I wonder if I'm thinking or I wonder if I'm perceiving or I wonder if I'm judging. You've never thought about that. And I hope tonight maybe just sparked your interest to go, how has God uniquely designed me? Maybe even more than that, I hope tonight has encouraged you to know that God has uniquely designed you in such a way. Embrace it. Don't try and change it. Embrace your personality. Embrace how God has wired you. He has a unique purpose for that. But secondly, I want to challenge and encourage some of you in here tonight that you're allowing your personality, number one, to be an excuse for your character, or number two, to cage you and to constrict you from walking into the areas that God would have you to walk into. And I don't know about you, I just don't feel the freedom to use that as an excuse. I don't think God's given me that freedom. So I think wherever God wants to use me, I'd rather be open to that. And I'm so excited in a few minutes after we worship, we're going to pray over some people in here tonight that uh, tomorrow they're heading out to Cambodia on a mission trip. And uh, we're going to pray over them and send them out. And here's why I love it, because I know uh, most of them on the team. And uh, maybe I don't know them all, like we're not best buddies, but I know most of them. And here's what I know. For many of them, this is uncomfortable. For many of them, going, I think it's like a 15-hour flight to Cambodia uh, isn't exactly how God wired me or isn't exactly my personality or isn't exactly my comfort zone. But many of them are stepping out and going, you know what? God, I trust that you'll use me outside of that. And I believe that for each of you in this room, God wants to do the same thing. And it may not be a trip to Cambodia, but it may be tomorrow on your way to work or at work. It may be tomorrow at the mall. It may be this weekend when you meet up with a friend. I don't know what it is, but I would beg of you not to use uh, your wiring or personality and cage God in and what he could do with your life. Let me pray over you tonight.